What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang for being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle Podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. We are back in here with the Blue Chip Mindset number 19. Shout out to the Blue Chip Mindset number 19. Boy, funny how time flies when you're having fun all right um man what a great day man for uh this information and particularly what's going on in the markets today is 316 austin 316 says i just whipped your ass adams 316 said get your life in order all right you better work bitch all right i got money i got money and junior college all right adams 316 says a lot of things so i can change up what adams 316 means on a daily basis what's up to everybody here man early on getting the show kicked off i appreciate y'all for being here on wednesdays on wednesday morning we get our money on my mind and our mind on our money all right and then we try to help each other out with the information to get you to the top maybe you're a guy that don't you know, you don't have a direction in life, and that's fine. And that's 100% fine. What's going on, man? I see a lot of stuff going on on my clarity right now. But anyway, um, we're, we're trying to get everybody pointed in the right direction, getting our mind on a common purpose. This is an ex extension of the free agent lifestyle of what we talk about. No marriage, no cohabitation, no long-term relationships, especially when you're building yourself. You're becoming the best version of yourself for yourself, or right? like as every YouTuber says. But uh, for the most part, it is your journey to peace, quiet, and, and freedom. All right, freedom is the most important word there, but peace and quiet. But obviously, you want some sort of freedom, and we know we can achieve that by paying for it. There's a price for freedom, uh, and many people have to pay that price in some way. Some people have to sacrifice, some people have to risk, and some people have to shed blood. All right, sometimes it can be done peacefully by getting freedom. Sometimes it can be done by shedding blood. All right, we don't want to shed blood. We don't want to bloodlet. We don't want to bloodshed like shedding our blood in the family court. We don't want to do these things. Okay. We want to do them in the right way. And hopefully we can get this message to reach out to young people to understand when we say relationships aren't important, especially at that point in your life. This isn't about hate. This isn't about getting peace leave. All right. This isn't about any of that. It is about getting your life in order so that you can achieve leverage and freedom as early as possible. You don't want to be like us old men out here finally figuring it out okay and so as napoleon hill said if young men actually focused on these things early on all right there will be more millionaires by the age of 40 but unfortunately most men don't get it prior to the age of 40 we don't get it all right we love to show how many panties we got we love to see how many we love to be seen with all the women and we never really get this priority and order until you figure out damn in life i'm not where i needed to be all right and so not only does this apply to money specifically, this applies also to monetizing your skill set, developing your skill sets, all right, being focused and intentional about pursuing skills, all right, and opportunities, seizing them, being prepared for opportunities. As they say, the definition of luck is when opportunity meets preparation, okay? You can experience a lot of luck in this world. And uh, if you look at me as an example, as a old ass old male youtuber here gray all right i'm aging by the moment every time i get on here i age um but if you look at me all right and you say well this guy can do it he seems easy he's articulate 
You know, he's a, it's able to do it. It takes a lot of work to be able to do this. And I'm merging skill sets that I've been working on for decades before I got here. All right. And so it was a little bit easier for me because I was using skills like public speaking, speaking in public, not being afraid to speak in public, not giving a damn what people thought about my opinions, choosing a side of the road. Also editing. I've been editing films since 2000 and at, at the earliest, maybe 1997. All right. is when I first started to learn how to edit on VHS. I used to stop. Stop, pause, record for basketball uh, recruiting videos and basketball uh, scouting videos since 1997, all right? And I've been recording myself since then. And so when it was time to go on YouTube, I was already recording stuff for Facebook and recording stuff for Instagram. I was already doing that process, even uh, probably in as early as uh, MySpace. I was already doing that, recording my voice, recording videos, so that by the time YouTube opportunity came, I just transferred all of those skills and put it on YouTube. All right. I didn't just say, well, let me figure this out. All right. So um, these are what the what I'm talking about. And the important message that I'm going to have today for you is planting the seeds. I kind of have it in the title. Plant the seeds. Plant the seeds. You got to be able to plant seeds now for other things to be able to reap the benefits of the harvest later. Okay. I know what you guys want to do. I know what you guys want to do. You want to win and hit a lick now. And then all of a sudden, as soon as the money starts rolling in, you want to go floss. You want to be leaning to the side in that flossy ass ride with the OG gangster glide. Ooh. Hey, now you know. Inhale, exhale with my flow. Break away. Come again. Like this. The LB to the C. Two times. Don't miss. I can... I can remember lyrics, but I can't remember names of people. Okay, but but with that being said, a lot of you guys want to hit a lick and then get the money and then spend the money. All right, you want to be able to spend the money right off, uh, go buy big houses. You want to be no matter what you say or do, gotta get this money. You all want to? Did you ever think that you would be this rich? Did you ever think that you would have these hits? You guys want to go out all the right, go buy a big house, go buy a fancy car, go for, buy the blingy bling. All right, if you're going to use that as marketing, that's one thing, and that is an idea. You know, um, if I bought a house, it ain't going to be no shack. It's going to be a house that I can market on YouTube, all right? And I probably wouldn't buy it. I would rent it, <laughs> I mean, so I can write it off on my taxes, all right? I would buy a house for investment purposes, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't live in it. Uh, I wouldn't record in it. Uh, I would buy the big, I would rent the biggest house out and then market it for YouTube. That's what, that's what a YouTuber would do. All right. But uh, if I can't afford to buy that house, I can't afford to buy the house. I wouldn't buy that house and tie myself down for a 30 year mortgage just to floss on YouTube. All right. So a lot of you guys would want to do that to show, to show the trappings of being rich. Sorry for that. You guys probably got a little buzz in your ear. I wouldn't do, you guys want to, you guys want to do this to show that you have the trappings of success. But that doesn't equal success, doesn't equal, doesn't mean you're successful. And uh, uh, handcuffing yourself for a 30 year mortgage to basically say, hey, look at me, I'm successful. And people only care for about two months. And then the rest of these years, you got to pay that off. Yeah, you might set yourself up for disaster. So you got to be ready for certain things to be able to show. So anyway, yeah, the instant gratification, <laughs> just the instant gratification culture that we live in, you know, a lot of people want. They want to see if, if you say you are successful or wealthy or people have an idea what you make, they say, well, you should have certain things. No, 
<laughs> you don't have you don't have to have you don't have to have any of those things. Okay? You don't have to have any of those things to be able to say you're successful. All you have to have in your mind is to be able to be comfortable, be able to pay the price price for freedom and have that freedom. All right? The freedom is what I demonstrate here. All right? That's what shows you because I have the freedom to kind of say what I want to say and do what I want to do without it like immediately affecting me, meaning I don't have another job that somebody could just call me in. All right. They have to go through other channels to try to try, try to do something like that. That's freedom. Not a lot of people have that freedom. That right there is a status symbol alone. That right there, freedom is a status symbol alone. Not a lot of people can actually say, well, I ain't going to work today. I can. So, but I still work. You know what I mean? I don't think I... One of the things here, and this is just the blue chip mindset. We'll get into the super chats. One of the things that I pride myself on is being able to say I can determine what I want to do with my day or my year or my life. All right. That right there is a status symbol. That's all the status symbol you need. All right. Um, anything else is a status symbol that will create jealousy. That's all it does. I mean, as you guys noticed, when I, I bought that Porsche, not long after that, my channel got demonetized, all right? And it was targeted specifically for that. So that's what I'm talking about. So all of a sudden, you know, some of your YouTubers that you follow that do demonstrate the symbols of wealth, a lot of times, a lot of the people who watch them are jealous and they're so-called haters. They're so-called haters. And it's it's wild. I mean, I will watch a person. Um, I won't name people's names, but I watch one person specifically, not all the time, but I watch them and I will watch them. He's a guy who's very boisterous. He's a different character and he has a big house and all of this and cars and all of this stuff. And I'm looking at the comment section, have supporters, have haters and the haters are loud. And I'm going, is that worth it? Is that, is it, is it worth it? Sure, it's worth it to live it, but uh, I, I think sometimes people that that see that type of response, that eats them up on the inside. And I'm going, I don't need that. I could have that easily. I could have that easily. So what you have to understand is a lot of people that watch you, they're not supporters. When you start building big YouTube channels and you're chasing subscribers, which I'm not anymore, I got my 100,000 subscriber plaque right there, as you can see, if you follow my finger right there at the top, that's 100,000 plaque. I'm sure if I continue this and I do intend to continue YouTube, whether I'm doing, it doesn't matter what content I'm doing. I'm always going to be putting stuff here. Um, um, I'll have two or three of those. Big deal. All right. Um, what I, what I'm looking for is to touch people, not well, ladies, but no touch feet, but I'm looking to reach people that I can help them. And that's a skill set that I have. I want to help you help yourself. Even if, even if um, even if I make if, if I can make money from it initially and set my path on to additional freedom to be able to help people, that's my goal. And I can see myself doing that no matter what I'm doing. All right. Uh, no matter what I'm doing. So I'll always use this vehicle, this vessel for that. So anyway, today, let's talk about planting the seeds, blue chip mindset, the multiple revenue stream. We got to honor the people that came in early in the morning to support this show. All right. Shout out to Europe. Over on the cash app, the cash app. He says, um, currently working on two passive income streams. All right. Shout out to you for um for that. Congratulations on the passive income streams. 
Uh, there's definitely ways that people can get income without the idea of working for it all the time. Um, and we'll talk about that. We'll just review these things. Hold on, I got to type a note that you just brought that up. Um, hold on for a second. Oh, yes, here we go. All right, so I got that note. So congratulations on that. Keep working on those streams. Again, plant the seeds so that later on you can reap the benefits. All right, later on, guys, when you're 40, 50, and 60, you can buy all the big houses you want. You know what I mean? Like if you've if you've reaped the benefits, right? So um, if you've if you if you have planted the seeds, I mean, hold on for a second. Sorry. I was thinking of something and I forgot to type it in my notes. So um, but what what happens is when you're 20 and 30, you want to show those things now. And oftentimes you get trapped. Hey, listen, and I'm gonna do the super chats. I we know people that have become millionaires and billionaires that have lost all of it. There have been people that have become millionaires and billionaires and lost every single dime. And the reason why is because they got lazy. They got they got distracted. Uh, they 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 stopped working. Or they <clears throat> sorry, they had bad investments. Realize at a certain income level. Um, your income level is not going to determine your happiness. And I'm oddly interested in why people keep trying to do this research. But they always want to say, well, after a certain income, uh, I think the, the number is, I want to say $75,000, but maybe it's between $75,000 and $125,000, right? So say you wanted to earn two hundred dollars Well, somebody will say, well, research says your happiness does not increase after $125,000 a year. And I say, so? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I did not pursue this particular type of money for happiness. I wonder why people really get that confused. And I think what's happening is, I think what happens is people that don't have that income assume that you'll be happy if you get the income, Right. And they're like, well, I'm not happy now because I'm broke and poor. But I assume once I get a certain amount of money, I'll be happy. Listen, I did not, I do not get up and work every day to be happy. I mean, I'm happy sometimes, especially when I'm laying up in between some nice junior college legs. I'm really happy. But I don't pursue money for happiness. I pursue money for freedom. <laughs> yeah. All right. If I got if I can make a young woman happy. By, by extending her a couple of fistful of 20s, I got I'm happy, all right? I'm happy for that moment, but I can't use emotions to judge how I work and flow, ebb and flow throughout the day. I'm really, really thoroughly confused as to why people will always try to make that. And I think what happens is they're trying to get people uh, to not work as hard. Oh, you're not going to be happy at 125K. So it's not about happiness. It's three words, peace, quiet, and freedom. It's on the cover of my book. It is the subtitle, peace, quiet, and freedom. It, it, it is happy in this title, right? Happy. I'm not happy. Dude, some days I'm happy. Some days I'm sad. Some days I'm glad. Some days I'm angry. All right, it don't matter. It was the same when I was poor. I was sad, angry, happy, depressed, miserable, enthusiastic it didn't matter if i was wealthy or not and i think what people get they misunderstand is oh well i since i won't be happy at 175k i won't do it 
Yeah, what? What? I mean, I swear to God, people with this happiness thing. I mean, look, if you're not a happy person, that's on you. All right, that's on you. I can find the ways to be happy. All right, but I'm I'm too busy thinking of things to do than to be happy. And unfortunately, I have to settle for this. I am not a person that can just be content. I'm not content. I'm not a content person. I, it's going to be a hard for me to put my feet up. So I do understand why millionaires be trying to become billionaires because I'm not content. I make a good income. I can be just content, do that. But no, here I am. I want to start a channel about this. I'm interested in this subject matter. I want to teach this now. This is what I want to do now. All right, some people would have stopped a long time ago. I see some YouTubers, they make a good little money on AdSense and they put their feet up and then they get demonetized and they're like, oh shit, oh, oh my God, what do I do now? All right. I'm never doing that. I'm trying to stay ahead of the game. I'm always three steps ahead. So anyway, I got to I got to uh, get the super chats going. Sorry, man. Synopsis Jones says, shout out to the coach gang. I'm just living the free agent lifestyle with two fistful of 20s. All right. I got money because I got money. And a fistful of 20s gets you happy real fast. All right. That'll buy some happiness. I got to actually do a video. I'm going to actually do a graph on the amount of time I spend on certain things. I'm going to do a graph for real. Yeah, my man said, uh, oh, hold on for a second. Uh, anyway, Lavar, Lavar, Lavard, 1980, just got my 2020 Charger uh, RT coach. He says, stay focused on the grind and build my leverage. He says, building my leverage, the free agent lifestyle got me here thus far. Shout out to the coach gang. Isn't it a beautiful thing? I mean, when you change your mindset, your whole direction of and then you really become accountable of where you're putting your money in your time and your thoughts. Women are fantabulous. All right. But at some particular point there, it's a stop loss. They you you lose money, whether you intend to lose money or not. I'm not talking about you're paying them outright, but you lose money on them. They're a bad investment. And I don't think people were made to be invest to to, to invest in. Unfortunately, to play that game, you have to invest. I don't, I mean, not just money, but time and that time and energy, whatever you put energy to, um, that's where the, the, that's what is produced. And I think, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the game with women in relationships, it's a, it's a loser. It's a money bleeder. Whether it's, and see, a lot of people think, no, it ain't that big of a bleeder because I can get them for free and all of this stuff. And I, I'm like, but you're bleeding $5 here, $10 there. Right. That's going to be if you don't make a lot of money, that is a big bleed. All right. Bryant Horsley, you've been very much, you know, we're going to get you a free bracket over there on the bracket challenge. He says, uh, he says, can you share your multiple income streams? Yes. Today, I'm going to share a bit. It's not going to get too in detail, but today I'm going to share a bit on my multiple income streams. All right. If you will. All right. So. I'm not going to give you numbers. All right. But I will shout out to Saul's media. He says made it to class. Appreciate you, brother, for making it to class. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Tony Ocasio, what's up, coach? You should do a collab with the coach Red Pill to see what's going on in Ukraine. He was recently in between a tank battle in Kharkov. All right. Um, you know, they I would do it, but I think YouTube, those are one of those things that's a trap. Uh, YouTube is coming after people that is posting content about that particular thing so i backed away from it um although you know and i don't have a lot of history on it i don't like you know i only have a limited knowledge right so 
I've typically backed away from that thing. All right. And now that it's become so political and people, it's kind of like the vac or the poke. There's one side and the other side. Once you do that, it's not, I'm already taking a chance with this gender thing. All right. I don't want to keep pushing the envelope too much uh, on that one, but he's doing a good job. I'll let him stay in that lane since he's there. Shout out to Simon Small. Appreciate you for being here. Who else we got? Jay. JG man became a member speaking my mind. Can I add stoicism with the free agent lifestyle? Absolutely. Yep. It goes together. Well, uh, when you're in the right mindset for sure, JTJ, hopefully after this Friday, he says, uh, we'll be EOT at, um, Amazon, which is, will be my first job making 165 K a year. I have no kids. Nothing but school debt and saving my money. Wow. So if you have no kids at 165K, you're going to be able to take home. You're going to have to put a massive debt dent in that debt, pay all of that debt down in, a, in probably at least in a year, maybe two years, depending on what your debt is, and save a lot of money or put money in other vehicles, right? So congratulations to you. Company will help me pay off my student loan debt. Oh, congrats. Wow. Not, well. Now, that's even a double hit. So they're going to help you pay off the student loan debt. And then you can pay down your consumer debt when you're getting busy out there. Shout out to you and make sure you make your investments well. So Ricky Bobby is on the crypto here. What did you say? For some reason, it doesn't show that you said anything. Let me see. Oh, no. He says, get in the markets. There is no place with more money. Keep trying till you hit one. You can recover if you lose. Yes, you can recover, you know, uh, the markets don't. I'm one of those guys that don't follow markets every day because I don't want to be bogged down on when I'm winning and when I'm losing. So that's what type of investor I am. I'm like, okay, I'm just doing this for long term. Again, plant the seeds. But, you know, check on those things. You got to get into the markets because the markets are going to have a rate of return almost always. Even though there's dips, even though there's crashes, the rate of return is always going to be there. All right. Um. Let's do this. Let's do a little bit of house cleaning. The bracket challenge. We got almost 50 people on the bracket challenge, man. You got to get your brackets in by tomorrow morning. We got almost 50 people in the college hoops tournament bracket challenge. If you do the math, that's a little bit of a bag. I mean, that's a little bit of a bag. You can get a bag if you got the winning bracket. I think I said first, second, third place prize, 70%. 20%, 10%. I keep no money unless I win one of the places. And um, and I'm hoping, you know, I want to make it that I want to make it that like I was hoping for maybe to get maybe a hundred people, paid people, then we can add in the iPad. I should put that in there, but if it's like a small tournament bracket, it would be ridiculous for me to do that. But I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it. Let's get let's get the numbers up and um if and and see if we can get a bag. I want to see somebody win. I want to see somebody win a grand. All right. Uh, yeah, the link's in the description box. College, uh, the college tournament. And if you don't have Vim Venmo, just PayPal me or cash at me and um and I'll move the money over there. I'll just transfer the money over there. And then uh I want to see I want to be able to show you each week as the tournament goes on how much money's in the pool. All right. And so we want to see you win. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Oh, uh, talk about this real quick. Uh, let's go to this link right here. Uh, money mindset right here. This is my private group that we've been operating in. We've been operating since August. It's a weekly group. 
uh, uh, $50 on Patreon. You come in there, you get details about uh, starting businesses, budgeting, time management. Uh, we talk about being a YouTuber. If you're interested in being a YouTuber over there, as you can see right here, uh, right here, it's like a course. At some particular point, we'll discontinue. I'll just make it a course. But um, here it is, August 29th. And I think there's more than 30 weekly money mindset streams that you can join right now and get access to all of this, building your network. All right, recovering from a financial setback, budgeting, cutting, saving back, cutting back, investing, um, asset accumulation of wealth, passing on generational wealth, health is wealth, fitness and nutrition. So we've been in there killing it, man, week to week since August. So join that Patreon level. The Patreon link is in the description box below, or you can get the Patreon link right there. All right, so that's all the house cleaning that we need to do. All right, so without further ado, timestamp game will get in here. If you're like, oh, you, you took you 25 minutes to get to the point. Man, this is a podcast. Enjoy. All right, so here it is. The Fed is raising interest rates today. Why does that matter to you? How the Fed first rate hike in more than three years since the Donald Trump presidency. Donald Trump pretty much did a good job of trying to keep the Fed from raising the interest rates. All right, but there you go right here. Uh, the Fed said, F it. Super Psycho and Jen. All right. He says, uh, and it'll affect credit card rates, mortgage, and savings rates. What savings rates? All right. Uh, there's no bank savings rates. But the Fed is set to raise its key interest rates by a quarter percentage point on Wednesday. That is today, 316. All right. And so we'll see. It could be more than a quarter. They could raise it a half point. They could raise it, um, they can raise it a full point. We don't know. Depends on what they want to do. Um, and this would probably cool down the rising home prices as we speak. I know there's low inventory everywhere. I know that the the housing prices and particularly um, the, the housing building has been slowed down because of the supply chain, uh, the cost of the, these uh, equipments like wood, the cost of nails and cost of everything has gone up. And so they've had to raise the prices on new builds. Um, and it may, it may slow down some of these new builds which could affect the housing market all around and other things. So this is a big day for you young people to be monitoring, right? Get off your Instagram for a minute. This is a big day, all right? And they plan on raising the interest rate, the Fed rate, four times this calendar year. They plan on raising the Fed rate. Um, also, their point is 0 0.01. They are expecting 0.25. So, um, well, we're talking about maybe 0.50, all right, or potentially 1.0, all right, a full a full interest rate up, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they're planning. There's the original plan, I believe, was to raise it four times this year. Four times, if I'm not mistaken. Here he goes, here he goes right here. The hike will be uh, the first increase of the federal fund rate in more than three years and will kick off a projected five to seven such moves this year. So they're looking at raising it five to seven times this year. Holy. Woo. And so this is supposed to fight hyperinflation. They, they say in their mind, this is supposed to basically cool down the mortgage rate. I mean, the, the housing race for the, you know, accruing property, which it will. I think it will. Uh, people say that the 10 year index is the one, the one thing that controls mortgage rates. And this is true. The ten-year, um, uh, the ten-year index is does have a 
and also job rates, um, the job numbers, the joblessness numbers, I should say, those do also have an effect on mortgage rates. But this Fed rate does change how banks, but essentially what the banks are going to do is basically going to pass on their, their rate heights to the customer. All right, so that's typically what's going to happen. So the, the bank's going to feel a little bit of a hit um, based on them not getting as much action. And so thus, then they pass that on to the customer, the consumer. You, you're the consumer. You consumer-ass people, all right? Somebody says five to seven. Five to seven, it says it right here. Five to seven interest, uh, five to seven rate, you know? I'm just reporting what the media is telling us. All right, so anyway, cryptocurrency, uh, we got a little bit of a bounce back. As of yesterday, I believe, I checked this yesterday, uh, Bitcoin got a bounce back, a major bounce back. As you can see here, over the past couple of days, they've been taking a little bit of hit by that dip, they say. Um, you can't see the graph too much, but they've been hovering around 42. They took a plummet. They got as low as about 30, what, 37 at one particular point. Now they're back up to 40. So you got to watch out what's going on over there. Bitcoin is the giant, but they do have these other coins that, you know, XRP and such. That, that are opportunities for you, buying opportunities. Crypto is what it is, man. You make of it what you want to make of it. All right. Time stamp game. Here we go. Um, blue chip. What does blue chip mean? Blue chip means uh, this this idea of the blue chip is uh, comes from poker. All right. So in the past, in the past, the blue chip um, held the highest value of the classic three color poker chips, red, blue, and white. The bluest chip was the highest value. In essence, it's a high value person in society, right? Uh, you have the blue bloods, the blue chips, the people who, the elite, all right? The 10%, the people who uh, invest in all of that stuff, the people who have those things, all right? So blue chip is a word that has been in the lexicon and I just borrowed it and put mindset on it to get you in the mindset of being in this blue chip world. And I have to review this because people don't know. Here's blue chip used in football and basketball recruiting. Blue chip ratio. Blue chips are referred to as the uh, four and five star recruits needed to get yourself to a championship. It says, what is the minimal level of recruiting required to win it all? Put simply, to win a national championship, college football teams need to sign more four and five star recruits, a.k.a. blue chips. All right, there's an example of blue chips being used in a lexicon here. Uh, blue chips right here was the name of a basketball movie with Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway, and Nick Nolte, blue chips. You see that right there? Um, what about this? What qualifies as a blue chip company? The blue chip companies are known as the uh, well-reputable companies uh, that do well, well-established, well-known, name recognition, IBM, Walmart, JP Morgan, Chase, DuPont. So these are the mindsets that we're trying to put you in when you come over here. Even when universities are rep um, considered, they call them Alt-IVs, Alt-IVs, Ivy Leagues, or blue chip reputation right there. A person coming out of college from one of these colleges can go into some of these blue chip companies and command high salaries, right? This is what separates the rich and the poor. Blue chip companies are the mature firms that represent the stalwarts of an industry. So this is where the term blue chip comes from. I didn't just make it up. It's not come from some racist white elite. You know, it is from that, but that's what it is. All right. And uh, what do we got going on here? All right, so now that we can take that down, let's talk about multiple revenue streams. All right, how do we get to multiple revenue streams? All right, so first and foremost, all right, we're planting the seeds right here. We're planting the seeds to get us there. As you're planting the seeds, what you could probably least afford to do is start 
buying things in excess, all right? You should reward yourself along the way, all right? But this is why you didn't see me immediately go buy a big fancy house and show off. You, you saw me buy a fancy car at one particular point, but it even took me time to do that. What I'm doing is positioning myself for um, for to get myself to a certain position before I do that, right? And that's based on the cash flow quadrant, which is one of the most important things to me. Uh, it's kind of how I look at where I am in my position in life. And I said, look, I was an employee at one particular point, and it took me many years to go from employee to a self-employed person. Okay. So this is from Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant book. I do suggest that you read that if you are business minded and you want to get to uh, what they call passive income. So employee based. The biggest leap out of this is to come from employee to self-employed. The younger you are, the, the less overhead that you have, meaning you don't have a girlfriend, a wife, and kids, the easier the leap is from employee to self-employed, okay, or employee to business. You can go to employee to business, employee to investor, employee to self-employed. I went from employee to self-employed, right? So self-employed is a level, but again, you have no leverage and you have limited money because of the time that you have. You're only one person. So um, you're one person. They're not going to get you rich. You're going to get taxed at 40%, 35% as an employee. As a self-employed, you'll get less, less taxed if you're savvy with how you report your income. Um, however, you still have less leverage because you keep having to go to work. If you're sick, well, then no one's earning money that day unless you have passive income. And we'll get to that. As a business owner, you have more leverage because people work for you. Even if you're sick, you still have other people working. Even if they're doing 10% of what their capacity is, that 10% of each employee is much better than 100% of your capacity, which you're going to burn out, okay, at, over time. So you want to be able to get productivity out of these employees that work for you as a business owner, and then you have leverage. Then you can borrow money. You can borrow money from your business name. You have a business name, an entity. Then you can borrow money and such then move forward and then the ultimate is become an investor and then you can go from business owner to investor employee to investor self-employed to an investor then you have the the gym right here passive income all right passive income which the money works for you okay many people who are investors also are business owners and self-employed many people are employees and also investors so the money works for you whether you are awake or not right uh, whether you work or not, you cannot go to work that day. Although I I'm, I don't subscribe to not working. All right. I'm not a guy that does this to not work. All right. I'm a guy that works. I, I'm a guy that gets up and I pride myself on just being a producer. I got to produce something. All right. I, and I want to produce more than I consume. And I would probably say I produce way more than I consume. Now, I don't produce things for other people's consumption. But you could say that I do if I'm a content creator. Somebody says, do you have a uh, LLC? Absolutely. I have several LLCs. All right. So, um, and I talked about that during the PPP loan thing where I did not intentionally take money against my LLCs, um, which was the free money. And a lot of people would get in trouble. But I, I don't know if I was, you know, not a lot of people were disciplined and they were doing it. And they basically got caught up. Got me feeling it. Call up. All right. So uh, one, somebody says people want to be lazy. Yeah, people want to work. People want to hit a lick. And so what, what we're saying is plant the seeds so that 
in five, 10, 15 years, you can now reap the benefits of your crop of those seeds being planted. And then, then you can start doing what you want to do or buying what you want to buy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, but what most people want to do is be lazy. They want to, they want to not plant seeds. They want to hit a lick. All right. They want to hit a lottery. All right. They want to, they want to gamble. They're going to roll and bet on black. All right. Or they want to get famous overnight. All right. These are hitting a lick. They want to flip money. All right. Quickly instead of investing long-term and all of that type of stuff. All right. They want to meet the right girl now and all that stuff. And so I always tell people, don't try to hit a lick. All right. It's nice. I think if you're doing something already and you hit a lick, all right, everybody knows what a hit a lick is. Hit a lick is hood term for you hit pay dirt. All right. You hit a big money drop. All right. Uh, or you, you go on the corner and you, you flip some crack rock and you hit, hit a big one. So you, you hit a lick. What you're going to do is not know how to really work for it. You made a quick risk and you got a big benefit, but then sometimes you're going to spend all the money right up front. And then that, now you got to hit another lick, right? Or you're going to become a target when you hit a lick. So you, you're out there taking a risk and then you hit the lick, but everybody saw you hit the lick. All right. And then they're going to come rob you. So it's kind of like robbing the bank is hitting a lick. Well, now you got the police coming after you. So, uh, and you can't go outside and you can't spend the money. You know, it's kind of like one of those crazy things. And I always tell people, don't try to hit a lick. Yeah, don't try to get fast money. Fast money is short money. Uh, you want to be in this for a long-term game. That's the blue chip mindset. All right. Now, when you get to the top, you can steal. All right. <laughs> if you, want. you can embezzle because people embezzle when they get to the top. People are crooked and people are, you know, they pay their way, pay people off, pay lawyers off, pay police off. All right. If you want to do that. When you get to the top, do whatever you want. All right. But don't try to hit a link to get in. All right. So anyway, uh, the first thing you got to do is get your primary income. You got to get a job, get a job. All right. Plant the seeds now, get into the employment stage, get a job. All right. This is your primary income. We're going to break that down in a minute. But once you get a job, you're just over broke. All right. Then don't stop there. This is for you young people. Don't stop when you get a job. All right. Get a job. Get a, get a set income coming in, but you can't sleep. You can't party. You can't go shake your ass all the time. You can go some of the time, but not all the time. You then now have to set up your next revenue stream. You got to press forward. Press forward and start figuring out, okay, from these hours to these hours, my employee, my employer, my boss, my manager, my supervisor, all right, these people who are superior than you, now what you have to do is you have to figure out those hours that they're, you're required to be on the clock. And then when you're not on the clock, you have to be working for yourself because you got the perfect scenario. You have a primary income. <laughs> primary, you literally have a primary income. And if you can live off the primary income, eventually what you want to do is live off your secondary income and let your primary income be your extra so that you don't depend on the primary income. You got the secondary income that you depend on. And I'll talk about that when we talk about revenue streams. So your favorite word should be this. Somebody says, get two jobs. <laughs> Some people put their feet up. They get a job and then they, they chill. They work nine to five. They punch the clock. We call them clock punchers. And then at five o'clock, they're off. Oh, I don't got to work no more. That's a bad. No, 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 no. You got to go back to work now. And I know people are like, well, you got to have work-life balance. 
you can have work-life balance when you're 35 and 40, okay, or when you're 55 and 60, okay? But work-life balance only works for Jeff Bezos because he's where he is now. When he was developing Amazon, he probably had zero work-life balance. His work-life balance was all tipped off. But now he could get up, read the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post, cook uh, avocado toast and eggs, chill, walk his dog, talk to his dog, talk to his wife, chill. And then, then he can go into the office at 1030 because he's now there. He's now that dude. But he wasn't that dude coming up. All right. I can guarantee you before, when he was coming up, he had no work-life balance. All right. So get work life. You got to get your hit your you got to get your job first. OK, then you got to get your secondary income and then you can talk about work life balance. OK, people trying to try. See, again, it's one of those copes again. That's a cope. You don't want to grind. You don't want to pay the price. You don't want to risk. You want to get some peace leave. So then you talk about work life balance. And it's one of those things I might people have their priorities out of whack. They got their priorities out of whack. But here's your next three favorite words. Listen up. <laughs> Listen up with your, your, these are your next three words. Favorite words. Your favorite words are passive. Your next favorite word is residual. And your next favorite word is compound. But Jeff got a girlfriend. I said Jeff Basil's divorced, but he got a, he got a living girlfriend now. So he's, he's got a wife. He's going to be, I don't know. He ain't going to wife her up, but he's got a girl. Um, and then when he was coming, he's recently divorced. So he was probably talking to his wife, right? So your, your three favorite words of the day, your words of the day, passive, residual, and compound. Okay, those are your three favorite words. Now, the reason why they're your three favorite words is that is how you're going to become wealthy or free, or that's how you're going to hit a lick. That's how you're going to plant your seeds. That's how you're going to get your pass. That's how you're going to increase your net worth. That's how you're going to get your multiple revenue streams. Because a lot of people will say, get two, three jobs. Well, at some point, you're going to burn out. So you need to find a way to become, develop passive income. At some point, you want to find a way to get residual income. At some point, you want to get compound interest to work for you, which will take decades for, for it to work. I think I read somewhere that Warren Buffett, hold on. Warren Buffett started investing early around the age of 16 to 18 when he was a teenager, but his compound interest didn't hit until he was late 40s. Now, people have told me this when I was in my 20s, but I couldn't spare five bucks. I didn't have my priorities straight. All right, as straight as I wanted them, I was pretty much ahead of a lot of people, but I was like, man, five bucks, I can't do it. Well, that five bucks ends up costing me now. Now I have to work overtime to catch up. Okay, now I have to work overtime to catch up to the dumb things that I've actually lost out on, which was compound interest. Compound interest, I lost that game. Uh, unfortunately, you, you, you young people, you still got time to catch up. All right, so the next point of this is, um, let me see here. See the super chats. See how far we are. So we're good. Um, the next point is, you might be thinking, okay, I barely have a job, coach. <laughs> I barely have a job. Or I have a job, and I don't know how. That's our word of the day, too, job. But I don't know how to get a second income. I don't know how to get a second income. Now, you remember me. I earlier in the last Blue Chip stream, I flexed on everybody. People called it a flex. But I went through and I said, well, these are all the certifications and degrees and 
job experience and skills that I have. And it was multiple, right? And so this is why, again, I don't panic about certain things because I'm like, I'm employable. Even if I don't have a certification, many times if I'm going somewhere and I'm like, you know, I'm interested in doing this, people hire me on the spot all the time. All right, I get hired on the spot all the time. And they'll be like, and I'm like, nah, I don't really need to do this job. They're like, come on, man, we, we need you. Why? Because I can talk. I'm comfortable with talking to people. Um, you know, I know how to speak clearly. <laughs> I can speak clearly now. I can sell. And so for the most part, people want to hire me all the time. But most of these jobs they want to hire me for are commission-based, right? They're like, oh, we need salespeople. And so you look like you could sell. Hey, you look clean. You represent here. Come. So I'm always like, I could get a job. All right. And I have so many degrees and certifications that I'm like, okay, what, what do I want to pull off the deck now? But what the question you have to ask yourself is if you got a job, what other skills do you have? Do you have a skill set? Meaning, can you do things? Selling, selling is a skill set. Talking is a skill set. A lot of people can't talk. So people will say, well, coach, you don't have no skill. Talking's a skill. Being able to talk in front of people is a skill. All right. People teach people to do that. They have a they have a group called um, they have a group called. Why is it slipping my mind? <laughs> I was a member of it. Toastmasters, they have a group called Toastmasters that is there to help people talk in front of people. All right. Video editing is a skill. Posting and uploading is a skill. I literally can stop this. Let's just say YouTube stopped for me in, in this space. I literally can switch gears and go. All right, I'm going to teach people how to be a content creator. Why? Because I had the experiences. I have the proof right there of success. Hey, I've had multiple channels. I'm going to teach you how to be a content creator. I literally can stop what I'm doing right now and go, all right, I'm going to just make videos on how to be a content creator and create multiple streams from it. Bam. Because this is a skill. As many people that want to put down YouTube and make it a recreation or a hobby, it is. But it's also a skill. And so uh, you can take the skill wherever you want to go. People could say, we'll shut down the red pill. The red pill ends tomorrow. I immediately switch gears to, okay, how to be a YouTuber. I mean, I would, I would do it. So, um, or how to monetize yourself or how to get multiple revenues from being a YouTuber. I can immediately just go right over there to the blue pill YouTube plantation graveyard and start making videos. And then I'll get subs one by one, just like that. And so I'm not worried. Um, somebody says, teach a man how to avoid marriage is the greatest skill of all. Yeah. So teaching, knowing the insights, knowing information is a skill set. So I have information about the family court. Why? Because my ex-wife kept dragging me to the family court thinking that she was hurting me. But then I immediately switched it and said, what if I teach the world what I'm learning? Oh, that's incredible insight. I'm teaching you what I basically flipped it. And, and uh, parlayed what she was trying to do to hurt me, I turned it into a street law degree. That's a skill. Not everybody was able to do that. Most people took it and just got pissed off. And I basically said, boom, I monetized it and forced her to stop doing it. All right. And so by monetizing it, by monetizing it, she saw that I was monetizing it and talking about it. Then she first said, I'm going to put a stop to that. Took me to court. And then the judge didn't do anything. Now, we can't stop him from doing that. He could do what he wants. Game over. <laughs> All right. Game over. Because now I kept monetizing it. And she kept saying, every time I take him back, it seems like he keeps talking about it and he keeps learning. So it's not working. I better stop taking him. 
All right. So anyway, uh, here's what you do with your skill set. Everybody has skill sets. Everybody has a skill. The first thing you can do with your skill set is earn money from your skill. So say you know how to dribble basketballs, which I know how to dribble basketballs. I know how to dribble two basketballs at the same time. For some people, it might help you as a skill. It's just something that can help you, you know, put, put a little bit of more focus on. I can go on here, and that's how I started on YouTube, putting up basketball drill videos. I was like, I could dribble two basketballs. People would probably like to see something like that. All right. Back in 10 years ago, people wanted to see something like that. It was similarly, it was unique. Now, not so much. There's a lot of other skills that people have doing that on YouTube. But that's how I started off. And I said, if I record myself and put it on here, maybe somebody will watch it. Lo and behold, I put it up and I didn't even think about it. I came back and it had 100,000 views. It had 100,000 views and I was like over a couple of years and I was like, wow, people really watched that video. And then I looked into my revenue and it had $71 in there, 71. I was like, hey. <laughs> and I never checked on it. I never looked at the comments. I never did anything. I had $71 of AdSense revenue. <laughs> and you know why I only had $71? Because I didn't click monetize the video. <laughs> I knew nothing. I didn't even set myself to accept monetization. Then I had to go in and learn about monetization. I'm like, what? You can make money? And I literally went in there, clicked accept monetization program. And then from that point, I got the $71. I would have had more than $71 had I known I could monetize the video. You see what I mean? This is how crazy it is. That's how I learned what YouTube was by putting those videos out 10 years ago. I put three videos out and let them ride. So they took my money. YouTube had my bag. That's how I figure out they got my bag and run. You gotta get my bag and run. <laughs> okay, so the first thing is earn, earn money with your skill set. Then teach the skill. So let's say you're a plumber. You're a plumber. You have a plumbing business. And you're saying, well, how can I make money other than being a plumber? Well, you live in a perfect world now because people watch social media. People want information now. This is the information, uh, the information age. What you can do is teach people or, or go every day to a plumbing job, record yourself plumbing. This is how I solve this problem. Now, you're teaching people how to do it on themselves, but this is how I solve this problem as a plumber. This is how I deal with clients as a plumber. This is how I deal with billing as a plumber. This is how I buy a fleet of trucks as a plumber. This is how I build my business from one person to five plumbing trucks. This is how This is how I deal with females who try to have sex with me for me to uh, fix their pipes. This is how I deal with people who don't want to pay their bill. This is literally a nonstop revenue service by teaching the skill that you have. You teach the skill that you have, okay? So you have a skill set, you earn money from that skill set, then you teach the skill. Now, gone are the days where you can just hold on to information, right? You can't be like, I'm not going to tell the secret sauce to my thing. That, that's gone now. There's no such thing as a secret sauce. People want to know information and you can monetize it by teaching your secret sauce. Okay. But you don't have to give them everything. You just give them a little bit. Just give them a little bit. Give them a little bit. Give them a little bit. Don't tell them how everything is made. Don't tell them how to bake the cake. 
Just give them the ingredients. Lay them out there on the table. Okay. Uh, people who do cooking videos are doing this now. They do like this. They put the avocado up there. They put the onion. They put the potato. And then they chop in the potato. And then they put all these spices. And they do like that. In a one-minute video, they teach everybody how to cook stuff. Now, most people who watch the video don't cook any of that shit. All right? But you be sitting there, subscribe to it, liking it, clicking it, giving it AdSense revenue. You saving it to your file. One day, I'm going to cook this. But are you making people better cooks and making them not need your information? No. People actually go, I want to see it. I want to see more of that information. I want to learn more. And then they consider you a what? Now they consider you a, an authority on the, on the information. Now I'm an authority on the information and thus open myself up for opportunities that we'll talk about here in a minute. All right. So then the next thing is not only are you teaching the skill, you're teaching the skills to others to work for you. So if it's, let's just say you're coaching, you have a coaching program like your Tony, Tony, uh, see, I'm bad with names, Tony Robbins, you're Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins becomes a, I'm a teacher of skill. I teach you how life lessons and skill. Well, he has a coaching program where then you call Tony Robbins, but you don't talk to Tony Robbins. Do you, you talk to somebody other than Tony Robbins. You talk to a Tony Robbins consultant. Somebody who graduated from the Tony Robbins School of Thought. And then thus, you don't get Tony on the phone. You get somebody that works for Tony. See, then Tony taught his skill to somebody else so that they can work for Tony Robbins, right? So essentially, not only is he teaching his skill, not only does he earn money from his skill, he also now taught someone else so that they can be an extension of Tony Robbins. And people pay that person an excessive amount of money. And then Tony Robbins could say, well, if you really don't want to talk to him for $250 an hour, you can talk to me for $10,000 an hour. And he's still in business as a, as a result. So this is called franchisee. This is called, uh, this is called uh, basically earning money off of your skill set and hiring other people to work for you. This is how McDonald's became who they are. And this is why McDonald's became a real estate business as opposed to a hamburger business because they started franchising the other people. And that franchisee, uh, franchises started becoming land operations. So you take your business model and your skill. This is what Ray Kroc did. He was like, wait a minute. You have an assembly line. He basically took the other people's thing. You have an assembly line. Boy, this is efficient. We can market this to other people to start in their neighborhood and then the rest is history. So this is how we do it. So anyway, let's do this. Well, before we get to the next point, let's talk about the, the people who have uh, sponsored today's show. We got a lot of people. How many people joined the bracket challenge? We got two more people on the bracket challenge paid up. Shout out to you. Thank you for that. Here we go. Let's get to the super chats over here. Over here. Over all right. Uh, the Black Blur says, but coach, the freedom brings some form of happiness, right? See, that's what people miss. They think they're just going to be happy because they have more money. But the freedom does bring happiness. I mean, I literally go, because people ask me all the time, well, how's it going? It's going all right. I'm not sitting here going, it's fantastic. It's going all right. Oh, just all right. Yeah, everything's good. You know, 
And then they started boiling down to what it is. I'm like, look, I'm happy. I'm able to do this. You know, it's a grind. It's 24 seven. It's, it's becoming big. I'm having to hire people, but I could be using a jackhammer on the sidewalk right now in the middle of the winter. <laughs> you know what I mean? In Fargo, Alaska, Fargo, North Dakota. So I'm happy where I am. Yes, I'm fortunate. But if people want to be smiling around happy, all right, you, you're gonna be you're gonna be in for a rude awakening. All right, uh, let's see here. Yeah, freedom brings a good level of happiness. It get, I mean, comfort is nice, isn't it? Comfort is great. All right, I might be angry, but I'm comfortable. <laughs> I want comfort. I want peace, quiet, and freedom. Happiness is low on my bar. It's low because I've been I've had money. And I've had I've lost money and I've also had money again. And I also am working to not lose any money. Let me tell you something. At no point was I sitting around going, let me judge my happiness on this scale. <laughs> Never was happiness at the forefront of any of those issues. All right. I was happy, sad, mad, all at the same time. All right. All during all of the processes, living in my car, happy, mad, sad, married, happy, mad, sad. Broke, happy, mad, sad. Uh, a little bit of money, a little comfortable, happy, mad, sad. Trying not to lose the money, happy, mad, sad. Stop with the happiness stuff. All right, it's an emotion. All right, Ricky Webster says, I love my coach and also my coach gang. French toast props do. Appreciate you. Peruvian heat, coach, you can, uh, coach, can you go over the rent or own property? I personally prefer to rent as you have more freedom. You can also go wherever you want. You have more savings. Owning a home, you're stuck with the mortgage. Yeah, I think I've talked about that quite a bit. I'm a mobile person, and I also like to chase opportunities, and I also know I'm not a guy that sticks in one place for a long time. As I said, I've lived in six states, seven. I've lived in all regions. I will go for an opportunity. I will get tired of a place. So I'm not the type of person that wants to be trapped in here like oh i can't leave you know nah i've seen people do that so listen that's that's what works for me and i can find ways to invest money in other markets to make up for that right i can make up for the, what i lose in renting you know uh throwing money away in rent is a is a myth and i've actually disproved that as well um and i've actually disproved the idea that you can sell at the top of your market and and win i've disproved that that's a myth too all right so it works for some most people, it don't work for any of them, all right? Most people get in over their head. And also, owning a property requires you for the, to work for that property. I've actually proven that. So listen, you could have your, what's comfortable for you is fine. Um, you also, the, the fact that, and you never own the property outright. That's another thing that people don't know and talk about. So it's not clear cut as renting is losing and owning is winning. Uh, you have to work for your property. You have to work for your property. Like if you own a house, bro, there's no call calling the maintenance department. Hey, man, can you fix this? Like my garage door literally broke off with my Porsche in it, right? So let me give you an example. And I don't want to get off here. Off the, I, um, I literally had my garage door pop off the hinges with my Porsche and my motorcycles in there. So I'm looking at my garage door hanging about to fall on my Porsche. And I was sitting there like, God dang. Now, if I own that home, I'm calling the garage company and they're coming out and it ain't going to be cheap. It wasn't a cheap repair. And I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. 
But luckily, because I rent, I told I called the I called the maintenance, and I said, and they were they were like, well, we can't we can't close the door. And I was like, well, I'm not leaving this door open the whole night. Y'all about to find a way to close this door. And I'm not leaving this car in here. So y'all about to find me another garage. Okay. So they were scrambling. They found me another garage that I could put my portion in. All right. That I, that I can be secure. Cause I was like, I'm not leaving it out on the street. Okay. I'm not leaving this car out on the street. So I said, you better find another garage. And they basically found a way to close the door. No cost at me, no cost to me. And then they found an, uh, uh, they found a person to come out on an emergency on a Sunday to come fix the garage enough to close it. But I temporarily had no use for it for a week and a half. And then a, another company came and put the door back on all for free. <laughs> no cost to me. No worries. No two, no twenty five hundred dollars out of my back, my pocket. Nothing. I didn't have to worry about a damn thing. So at that particular point, that's when I go. It's better to rent. Because that would have been twenty five hundred emergency out of my pocket. Yeah, I would have had to be posted up. I would have had to sit outside in my garage. I would have had to sit outside and sleep in my garage if they would have, um, <laughs> if they would have, uh, if, if they would have, um, and I would have, I would have had nobody to help me close the garage. And I would have had the emergency guy on a Sunday, Sunday night at that, six o'clock on Sunday night, come out and fix my garage. It would have been a disaster. And if I had a landlord, Landlord ain't got to do like, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. And he would have had to have the money out of his pocket to splurge for that particular expense. So for people looking to own property, that's something that you have to consider because in those emergencies, all of the money you're earning from your properties, you have to pay for stuff when your tenants break garage doors or the garage door breaks on you. You have to pay for that. And on an emergency, a Sunday night. Yeah, I tipped the homeboy because he said he was on his way to a date and he came over to fix my garage because he heard a, there was a portion there. OK, so again, these are these are things that people don't consider when you have this conversation about rent versus own. It ain't clear cut. There's a whole bunch of things that go into this rent own game. And when you own a property, you work for that property. You work for that property. You got to you got to cut the you got to cut the lawn. You got to paint the, the doors and the rooms. You got to weatherproof. You got to fix water heaters and roofs. You know what I mean? And garage doors. Everything is a repair. You got to do plumbing. You can't just call people in. So um, it's somebody says you broke. I didn't break it. Yeah, you can't wait till Monday either. You can't wait. If, in a, if, a, if your water heater goes out, you need you need hot water. So you guys got to know this going in when you have this conversation about rent and owning. And I come from a realistic perspective and I know that I don't want to be here for more than three years. I've been here two years. I'm already like, I got to get out of here. Got to get out of here. And property taxes, you never fully out, out, uh, outright own your property. So we guys got to have a, con a good conversation about this where we don't get emotional about it. And we call people stupid for wanting to do one or the other. I know there's advantages and disadvantages to both, right? And you just got to pick what's best for you. You got to pick what's best for you. It's not going to be what's best for everybody else. Somebody else can own property and feel like they have equity in their property. Hey, I made a smart decision, but I can out equity you in the market in the in less time. While you're building 10 years, 20 years, I can out, I can outperform you in the market in five years. 
So it's all it's all the thing, man. It's all the thing. Anyway. <laughs> um Zach Rothschild. It's not Rothschild. Zach Rothschild says, Coach, you should do a blue chip mindset stream about multiple citizenships and all the benefits they bring to investors and businesses, owners, and free agents. Shout out from Paris. Shout out to bro. I don't know much about multiple citizenship. I only I only um, know about being a United States citizen. So I would have to bring somebody in on that one. Cavito, hey, coach, did you get my bracket entry I sent on PayPal? Besides that, I'm looking to make a change to management to get my income closer to 150K. All right. So congratulations. To, I, I probably did get it. I don't know. I'm actually going through it today to see who got what so I can have it ready for tomorrow morning. Make sure everybody get your money in. Okay. Um, and all that stuff. So uh, let's see here. But congratulations on changing. You get your income up to 150. Speaking my mind, we're not here to get the bag. He says we're here to build revenue streams. That's what it is, man. I mean, you're going to get a bag regardless. I think money is a byproduct of all of the things doing you did well. All right. Uh, other than that, I mean, once you get a certain amount of money, then you start going, okay, I need to put this money over here. Like, Jamie, Jaime, Jamie or Jaime Torres says for a cup of coffee, coach, appreciate you. All right, we'll go you by your American name, Jamie. All right, Das Tokyo says Takashi, 6269 hit a lick, need a degree, a cert or LOL. Yeah, Takashi hit a lick and now look what happened. He hit a lick, ha had to go to jail. You need a degree or cert and capitalize it. Dave Matthews says, coach, what is your take on real estate? Buy or hold as a main vehicle to financial independence. We kind of talked about that. I think owning a property is great. I, I don't mind owning property properties and owning them as uh, investment properties, but using your home as your own soul of investment, like you don't have anything else going and you're like, this is my investment. You're going to be, you're going to get a rude awakening. You're going to learn though. Some people got to learn. And I often tell you the traps of that. Shout out to JK, Joe K. Keep these blue stream, blue chip streams coming, coach. Maybe we can change some Mitches to men. I got money. Indeed, man. And get to, get into the bracket challenge, man. But yeah, this is the important stuff. Um, this all leads to the free agent lifestyle. I'm going to give you a couple more super chats and get back. Jonathan Smith, good morning, coach. I'm 33 with two kids. Is compound interest still worth it at my age? And what do you recommend for my kids' savings? Um, well, I would look into it if you intend for your kids to go to college. Even if they don't go to college, go look into a um Go look into a savings fund for them. If you want them to go to college, college saving funds, I think is a 403B. Might have the number wrong. Um, but uh, compound interest isn't going to work the same for you at this point, not until later on into your life. All right. So um, instead of doing that, I mean, you can still do it. You can still save money. Um, you can still play the market if you're aggressive. But if you have kids or you're less aggressive, get get an IRA um, and, and work those. But you, you're going to be less aggressive because you have kids. But when you see, this is why compound interest works so great. It requires so little when you have little overhead, right? You don't have a wife, a kid, a girlfriend's cars and houses. So when you're 18, you can put down 250 bucks. I know it sounds like a lot when you're 18, 250 a month. And then by the time you hit 40, bam, compound interest. But then when you're 33, have two kids, it's hard to come across what you're going to need to make up for that compound interest. Even if you said, okay, I'll make it up by doubling my investment. You're still not going to get hit compound interest the way you're going to hit it 
if you invested earlier. This is why it's important to get young men to invest early, early. But this is hard to do, right? A lot of dudes don't have $250 a month to invest. They seem to come up with it, though, to go to the club. They seem to come up with it to go buy uh, uh, Gators and Stacey Adams. They seem to know how to come up with 250 to buy Jordans. They seem to know how to come up with 250 when it comes to dating. They seem to know how to come up with 250 to buy video games. But then when it comes to investing and and have, they don't know how to do it. And I was one of those guys. So I'm being critical, but I'm also knowing that that's how it works. Right. And, and this is just a sad reality of men. We have the recipe right here, but we refuse to use it. A man supporting men. I took speech in college. I learned most words are pronounced wrong. Oh, yes. They, yeah. Speech is speech is a good class. A great class to learn. Um, and I also have took this. Um, I can't remember what the class is called, but it was like a uh, English. It was a high level upper division English class in which we learned how. Um, I can't remember what the class is called, but we learned how to. Uh, it was basically learning how to how words are broken down. Oh, that class was brutal. That class was brutal. All right, you had to learn how to put things, emphasize every word. You had to record something and go and. I can't remember what the class is called. That shit was terrible, bruh. All right. But yeah, we pronounce words wrong and the words, the way things are broken down and syllables and, and the way you enunciate words. It was called, uh, yeah, it was a phonetics class. It was a phonetics class. I would never, ever take another phonetics class. Uh, I remember I had a C going into the final and I had to get like a 89 or 90 on the final to uh, maybe it was like a C or a B. I can't remember what it was. Well, she was like, it was Ebonics. He says, coach is called etymology, breaking down words. Yeah, it was. Oh, shit, dude, man. So what happened was, I think I had a C going into the final. And she was like, you can take the final, but you need like an 89 or 90 to go from a C to a B. And it was one of those things where it was a, it was a general ed upper division class. And I already had my majors classes. And I was like, I don't want to study for this final. I'll take the C. <laughs> I was like, I'm not coming back with this. And then I think I had like anatomy, physiology, or biomechanics. I was like, instead of trying to improve that class, I'll, what do I need to see? I'll take the C. All right. And then I was able to study for my biomechanics class uh, final instead of just trying to get this etymology, this, this phonetics class down. I was like, forget it. All right. Shout out to Cal State Northridge. Uh, shout out to World Yours Entertainment. Last two. Uh, Ace, the world's yours entertainment for sure. Uh, Ace Star says, Coach, I learned people will go illegal routes, just want freedom, the ability to have time. So 304s don't really care about the money, they care for the freedom. This is true, too. I've heard women explain that. But, like, that, look, if you're going the illegal route, you're always worried about getting caught. How, how much, how good are you going to be around women? And I don't think. You want to just spend time around women all the time. I don't know. And then Andrew Kitchen, shout out to you. We'll end it on that one and get back here. Um, Co-sponsorship, bought some land with a lot of trees, going to sell the wood. There you go. And keep some for myself. Thank you, Coach. Do you do your teachings? I have a better outlook on life. See, now that is when you get to real estate where you make sense. That's where it makes sense. When you own land over a house, now you can double up. Now you can sell the land. Now you can um, rezone it for commercial and get a double whammy. 
right? Or you can sell the wood on the of the tree. Like, see that that's where you're thinking and investing. Owning a house is nice. I can own a house. I can, I mean, I own one home, but it is not even an investment property. It's less than one hundred thousand dollars in the middle of the southwest. All right, and it ain't even worth even showing you a picture of it. It's 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 crappy. I can rent it and make four hundred dollars, four hundred and fifty maybe. I probably would take home a uh, hundred and fifty bucks a month, which is passive income, right? But um, but owning a house just to say, look at my fancy house. All right, now I don't think that's. I don't get that. I don't get nothing from that. <laughs> all right, owning land. And and using that land for a purpose. Now that that to me makes sense. All right. And when I could go out to the open land and drop my RV on it, that makes sense. But buying a $1.2 million property in Southern California, just to say I own this, when it would just, it wouldn't even be better than this town house right here. Like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between this, what I rent at high price and that $1.2 million house. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It wouldn't even look different. It looked the exact same, right? So I'm like, nah, F all that. Because I know I'm not going to be here that long. I would just, once I get, once my kids graduate from high school, I'm going to be out of here like this. Getting back to the show. Shout out to the timestamp gang. Timestamps will be up by the afternoon. So if you want to see that. Let's add this to the stream. Cash flow quadrant was what we're talking about here. Let's talk about multiple revenue streams. And uh, we talked about if you have a skill set, how to earn money, teach the skill, and then teach the skills to others that to work for you. You're a plumber. You teach people how to be a plumber. You're an electrician. You te teach people how to be an electrician, and then they work for your business. All right, so revenue streams. This is how you make up your revenue streams right here. Number one, you have to have a job, all right, or a primary income source that is somewhat dependable, all right? So if you have a nine to five, that's your somewhat dependable revenue stream, okay? But if you build yourself up to self-employment status and you can depend on your clients, that too is your primary revenue stream, all right? Eventually, you want to make your primary revenue stream where it's you're not dependent on it, and thus you need a secondary source. Now, people can use a secondary income stream, secondary salary, like a second job. You get a second job. That is your secondary salary so that this is the salary that pays for your uh, cost of living. This is the salary that pays for your extra. You can get a spouse. I don't suggest you do this, but some people choose to get a secondary income or a secondary salary by getting a spouse. So you can get married. You can marry a woman with a job. Wait. So I could focus on my career. You get, a, you get a spouse that has a job, then you can combine your resources. Now, I think that's stupid. I tried that. That don't work, all right? That, 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 that is actually I've proven to be, most of the time, counterproductive, all right? Most of the time, it's counterproductive because you're actually going to get a, it's actually going to cost you to have that spouse, okay? It's going to be headache. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster. You're getting the income, but you don't, you don't, you think you're going to have half less the bills, but that's not true. So same thing as getting a roommate. You think by getting a roommate, you're going to share costs, but it's not going to always work down like that down the line. You might be paying 60, 40, you might be paying 70, 30 or, but you don't really consider the emotional cost of having this spouse. So 
get a secondary salary, primary salary, salary, secondary salary. Then you go into investments. So that's where you can create it. So this is a revenue stream. Uh, you start investing money again, but you're planting seeds. If you're investing money to get an immediate return, aka a Ponzi scheme, or you're going, I want this investment to give me a, um, I want this investment to give me uh, a little bit of a salary right now. That's not how that works. The only way that works is if your investments are giving a dividend immediately. But most time, most money you're putting in an investment that does give you a dividend is not going to be enough to live off on. It's just a little bit of extra money, but it is a source of income. So investments is planting the seeds to have a revenue stream later. That's just another thing. So you got primary, secondary investments. Then you can do rental properties if you want. I like rental properties over owning or living in one property. I would rather have five rental properties and rent the place that I want as opposed to living in the place that I want and having zero rental properties. That's kind of how I look at it. But rental investments, rental properties does bring back some money. Does bring back some money. But again, it's something that is a long-term investment. It's not rental properties aren't a short term investment, meaning you can buy one or two rental properties. You're not going to start making money. <laughs> not until you have 10, 15, 20 rental properties. Then you can combine all of that. But your ass about to be working. I'm telling you right now, don't think you're just going to buy a rental property and put your feet up. So your ass going to be working, scrambling. And let me just say this. Somebody brought that up. I know someone that has a rental property in the city of Los Angeles. They were just telling me about that. They said their family has rental properties in Los Angeles, but those people haven't paid rent. She said some people has paid rent, but half of them haven't, or some people have not paid rent because the city of Los Angeles doesn't require you to pay rent because of the C-19. So since 2020, people with rental properties, depending on where you live, can't collect rent from their tenants. And some tenants got the rental property, leased it, paid two or three months of rent, and stopped, okay? And you can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. So this is a loss. Again, the rental, the real estate game is not straight up. People don't tell you what's up. Oh, I did this, no money down, and I bought 10 houses in Des Moines, Iowa, all right? They didn't tell you they were up day and night. They were doing it yourself repairs. Something went wrong, they tried to do it themselves. Um, you know, uh, tenants stop paying rent. You got to collect the rent. You got to evict. You got to sue. Uh, so, but this is an income stream for you. But again, it takes years for you to get this to where you're making money from these rentals. And then it takes years for you to make that primary, that your primary job. It's not just one of these get rich quick schemes. All right. But it is an income. So I would suggest you have this as an income source. All right. So the fifth revenue stream online anything and hobbies or turning your hobby into a business again can you earn money from your skill can you teach your skill and can you te teach others to work for you to teach that skill so online business or a hobby you like to go atv i know people that have a company a truck repair company and they also now have an extension of that where they take people because the truck company is to like put big tires on the truck make it an off-roader vehicle. So then an extension of that business is to take people on trips to go off-roading in the Baja Desert. So that's an extension. That's basically taking this revenue stream and having 
a hobby. They like to go out to the Baja and off-road. Now they off-road and they have a travel business associated with that. Genius. So instead of saying my truck business is my only source and I'm going to try to make that work and become rich, what they figured out was the same people that come and get their truck fitted for off-roading, they like to go off-roading. And so now I have a travel business in which I don't know how, I think they go eight to 12 times a year to the Baja. All right, all year long. And you have to pay X amount of dollars for a certain amount of people. And they go down there, they rent the space, they have the land out there. I don't know if they bought the land. They might've bought the land, which is another revenue stream. All right. And they take you down there going off-roading. So again, that's a genius move on how to create multiple revenue streams or at least create a stream from your hobby or create another stream for your business. Uh, let's see here. He says, yeah, I want to add the Bahu Desert Doom buggy stuff. Yeah, I want to do that too. And I actually, those trips fill up so fast that when they released the dates, you, I was already behind. I was like, oh, let me check on the date. All sold out, except for one week in the middle of the summer. <laughs> I was like, why isn't this one sold out? Well, you're talking about the middle of the Baja in the summer. So that was the only one that wasn't sold out. Every other trip was sold out in advance of 2022. I checked before 2022 calendar even was, we were in 2022. They released it in the fall of 2021 and they're sold out. Okay, so this is making a hobby into a business. Do you have a hobby that you can turn into a business? Yeah. I mean, I have uh, flying drones. You can make a flying drone business. Um, you could have done it six years ago and been better for it. It's a little tough now because drones are cheaper. If you wait until things are cheap, that now everybody can do it, then you're going to get put out of business. Same thing as photography. If you have photography skill, um, it was great 10 years ago. Now, not so much because everybody has a phone camera on their phone and it's cheap to become a photographer because I, I can get on Photoshop and I can do just as better as your $600 SLR. So you can't wait till it's readily being able to be done by other people, the common knuckle dragger. Uh, you're not going to do it. I can video, I can make a video, I can video record a, um, a wedding better than the videographer from a phone. If you're, if you're patient and savvy enough to do so, all I have to do is get the right equipment. Um, and the equipment is cheap. Okay. Um, and then the next revenue stream is to create the multiple revenue streams itself. All right. So what happens is you, you have an extension of the revenue stream, extension of the hobby business, extension of the rental business. So extension of the investment business. So I get into investment. I learn about investment. And not only am I earning from the investments, I'm teaching about investments. Bam. That's the revenue stream. So then I have a consulting firm. I have an apparel line. I have a book. I have a course, whatever. I mean, this is basically how you create multiple revenue streams from a stream. All right. I have a hobby. I like firearms. Then I come become Coleon Noir. All right. And then I have apparel and then I have appearances, blah, blah, blah. I take my hobby and that, but this is how you think ahead. This is, this is why the old nine to five is done. All right. Nine to five is done. You can't just nine to five your way to success anymore. People are finding that out. They get a job and they're still struggling. Because they want to shut it down at five and watch Amazon all, or Netflix all day. And did you watch this series? Did you watch that series? No. Why? Because I was working on my second and third revenue stream. I don't have time to watch a series. So this is what you guys got to figure out. 
Some people want to be comfortable. Oh, I make 35K. I'm good. And then some people grind it, develop multiple revenue streams. They work hard as hell for five years, and then they start coasting. And then when they see you out here traveling and they, they see you out here buying stuff, they think all of a sudden you got rich yesterday. I didn't get rich yesterday. I'm not rich, but I didn't get rich yesterday. I got rich five years ago. People think I made all my money on YouTube. I made a killing on YouTube, but I was already making money before YouTube. And then when I started doing YouTube, I didn't quit my first job. So for two and a half years, because I've been doing this for almost four years, for almost for three of the four years, I had my first job. I kept my primary job, which was a six-figure training business. I was pulling in 10 to 12 Gs a month on training and running back during breaks, doing YouTube. So this is what people don't get. They see you start hitting and they're like, oh, he just started getting it. Nope. No, I already was having it and I didn't go spend it right away as soon as I started getting it. I just stacked it, stacked, stacked it. Then I said, let me see if I can do this. Let me add to it, add to it, add to it. Let me write the book. Let me write, the, let me do the video. Eating, eating cheap, not dating, not dating. All of those things let me save, 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 save. Then all of a sudden I was like, all right, I'll buy the Porsche. And everybody's like, oh, look, at he got money now. He's got, he, he's rich off YouTube. No. It was already working in progress. I was already planted the seeds. And then I was like, now I can take this chunk and do what I want with it. Oh, and now he's done. See, but this is how you think because that's how you operate. That's how you think. That's how you would do it. You would get 100 grand tomorrow and buy a Porsche, right? That's how you would do it. But I didn't do it that way. But a lot of people uh, don't get it. Because they don't do it. A lot of people think they're going to take their $30,000 problems, earn $120,000, and have $30,000 a year problems. That's not how it works. You now have $120,000 a year problems. It's going to solve your problems temporarily. So I went from, let's say I went from 30K to 120K. Temporarily, the first six months, I'm going to solve all my problems. And guess what's going to happen? My problem's going to catch up to my ass. And now I got 120K problems. Now I need 170K. Because my problems have mounted. <laughs> okay, it's, it's the way it goes. So if you're ready, ready to earn more money, be ready for more problems. Now, this is going to get really good for you. I'll give you these two, and then I'll talk about my situations, right? Uh, creating multiple revenue streams, this is how you can do it very easily. You start a blog, you start a YouTube channel, you invest, you take your skill, go to Fiverr, go to the, any one of these other companies. If you, like, uh, for instance, I hire somebody to, um, I hire somebody to do my audio book because I did my first audio book myself in my voice. And it was so, it was a, it was a horrible process. I'll never do it again. All right. So I was like, I have to do the audio book for the second one. So I hired a guy's voice to sound similar to me, but he does it for a skill. He does it for a living. He does voiceovers, and I hired him. That's a stream. Is it his primary stream? No, I'm sure he does acting gigs. I'm sure he does other voiceover streams, uh, gigs. I'm sure he does YouTube. I'm sure, I don't know what he does, but I'm sure this was additional revenue stream for him, and he started that uh, process. It's available to him, and he found it, and, he, and I found him. 
You can start a home-based business doing whatever skill you have. If you paint wine glasses, paint wine glasses. Never be thinking, oh, and nobody's going to want my wine glasses. Man, just do the damn business. Somebody wants it somewhere. Somebody wants it somewhere. You can monetize a hobby. You can start an online course. You can use do Uber. You can do Uber. You can sell on eBay. There's a whole bunch of things that you can be doing, but you got to start first and don't talk yourself out of it. Somebody says, but coach, will they buy it? You will be amazed what people will buy. You will be amazed at what people will buy. Somebody says, do you want a transcriber? I actually am in the process of hiring my transcriber right now. But if you do, if, if there is a transcriber out here that is in the coach gang, I would love to help people that are that understand my business as opposed to people who don't. If you are a transcriber and you have to be a real transcriber, don't say I'll just transcribe. Contact me. Hit me with an email because I'm actually about to um, contract with a person right now to transcribe some stuff for me for my third book. All right. So let me know. Uh, but um, point I was making, can't remember. Oh, you will never you will be amazed at how many people. Let's say I paint wine glasses. All right. What I would do is. And I always tell people this, start a YouTube channel. <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate way. All right, this is how I paint wine glasses. Now, most people will get a wine glass and they'll get some paint and they'll try it. It might look like crap. And somebody will like, well, forget it. I'll just pay for their wine glasses. What is the website where people uh, go? I have actually um, Etsy, Etsy, Etsy store. So Etsy is a place where you can design something that you have a skill set in and sell it. You'd be surprised at what people want out here because there's 7 billion people, almost 8 billion people on the planet Earth. Okay, some there's got to be 10,000 people that wanted painting wine glasses around the world. It's got to be 10,000. Yeah, paint the Ukrainian flag on the wine glass. See, this is this is thinking the AB network guy. That's thinking. And that's ahead of the game. You go, okay, I paint wine glasses. Nobody wants flowers. Oh, there's a war in Ukraine. Bam. Ukrainian painted wine glasses. Boom. This is thinking. Your boy's thinking right there. You'd be surprised at what people want in this world. People want selling farts in jars. I mean, all you got to do, paint the rainbow flag on them. Paint Black Lives Matter fist on the damn glasses. Somebody gonna buy the damn thing. So this is what we're 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 really we're really trying to get you into thinking this way. And I'm telling you, when you realize how much time you're wasting by number one, not thinking and partying and celebrating mediocrity. Number two, being afraid. Oh, well, maybe nobody will buy. Why nobody will buy painted rose glasses? All right. Oh, I could have painted the flag on it. All right. There's opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I can't even take up the, the, the ideas that I have. I can't even put them into action because I have other ideas I'm still working on. So people think I do these videos, log off, sit over there and eat cheese and crackers, scratch my nuts, and then wait for the second stream. <laughs> All right. If you think that, you're out of your mind. I log off and I have, boom, I'm like, I got a doctor's appointment, vet appointment. I'm going to do this. Um, I'm doing my stretch therapy, trying to get a workout in, eat lunch, coming back. What's on the agenda? I got to tackle this, get my kids in order, pick them up from school, get them to their thing. 
I got this idea. I want to cut this piece of content. I got to edit this. I got to voice over that. I got to put this channel up, upload on the alt, alt channels, and then I scramble to the next live stream. Okay? Barely getting in there. What's the next live stream? Put the thumbnail up. Do a little bit of research. Do the stream. Cut it down. Get the stream. Uh, put it up. Log it up. Put Take the audio from it. Put it up for my podcast. Get Kaylee in here. Blow her back out. All right, then put Kaylee to sleep. Come back downstairs. Get everything set up for the morning. And then I'm trying to fit in all of this bullshit so people don't think. <laughs> all right. I'm constantly on the move. I don't sleep. I don't rest. I barely stop moving all day. This is the most stationary I am all day. So I'm moving. I'm on the move. And people are like, how come you're not doing this? How come you didn't answer my email? And then in the middle of all that, I take my dog outside to the dog park and I have my laptop there <laughs> and then I'm uploading stuff. I'm downloading stuff from my editors. I'm uploading to this site. I'm, I'm uploading to Instagram and uh, TikTok. All while my dog's playing outside. I'm looking like this. This is how I'm doing. Look, my dog be outside playing <laughs> and I'm like this. Making sure she ain't getting in stuff. All right. Uploading videos. It's a damn circus. This is me all day. I'd be like, <laughs> it's a circus. Letting people win. I had a guy in here fitting, measuring my shade. I'm online trying to book a flight with some used up credits. And then they're fixing my garage. And I have my assistant uh, in here working on my apparel line all at the same time. All at the same time. All right. This dude measuring my windows because I'm getting the shade to come down, all right, that I can use mechanically, so I want this to be all darkened out. Then the dude was fixing my garage. My dog needed to go out for a walk, but she was in the cage because the dude was in the garage. My assistant was taking pictures of uh, apparel, and then um, I'm on the phone trying to get flight credits. <laughs> it was like fucking a zoo. It was like that day... My complex trying to say, can you move your Porsche? Somebody wants to move in. I was like, good Lord. Anyway, it's a mess. It's a mess. Doing this is not easy. And I don't get, I don't get half the stuff I wanted to get done. Why is this Patreon bullshit still scrolling across the screen? <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway. I'm going to do a couple more Super Chats. And I'm going to talk about my stuff. If you want to know my revenue stream stuff, we'll talk about that. Uh, backyard creature says, coach, did you see the woman YouTuber that sold her flatulence in a jar and earned $200,000? Please hit him with the running feet. Yes. Again, you don't know what people will buy. You don't know what people will buy. All right. It's crazy. You know, people will buy anything if they have the money. Somebody says, how about your immediately family blowing up your phone? Like, it's so crazy. Like, I don't have time to return text messages. I don't have time. Like, literally, my next hire is going to be an assistant. But the assistant has to be, it can't just be somebody that I'm sitting there telling them what to do. They're eventually going to have to be able to know and anticipate what I do. And they're going to have to know how to either edit, upload videos. They're going to have to know the back end of that. So they're going to have to know this up front. Like, you have to come in. I'm not going to teach you how to upload. Like, you're going to have to know, oh, yeah, I know how to upload. I know how to edit. I know how to take. Like, you're going to have to be able to do this. 
you're going to have to know what an SD card is, a mini SD card. Like, you're going to have to take this. Hey, I recorded this. I recorded some vlogs. Take the SD card. Okay. And you're going to have to be able to find the adapter. Upload this to the computer, the editing computer. And then compartmentalize it, organize it, and then set up the editing to where I have to come in and edit the last 10%. And you have to be here or you have to be able to be able to do that on a daily basis. And then after you finish that, upload to all of my alt platforms with the thumbnail and the proper, like it has to be flawless. And it's going to be, that that is very few and far between. Not a lot of people know to do this. I have a guy that's ready to work for me, but he doesn't even know what uploading is. He's like, what? <laughs> so I got to teach him, go here. Take this file, upload it. <laughs> it take it, it, that would take off probably fifty percent of the bullshit that I run around and do all day, and I do it like the back of my hand because I've been doing it like this every day for four years. And you can't be oh, you gotta have to know how to do it, know how to tag, know how to title. It has to be accurate. On time. I can't wait. I'll do it tomorrow. No, we can't wait for tomorrow. I got to come up today. So it's crazy. So anyway. Stillzies. How far am I back? Stillzies says a pet peeve of mine is when people make home renovations and say it's an investment. He says you may get that money back when you sell. But he says could sell. He's but could sell in a down market and not recoup. That's. I listen, I have a real estate license. I see people do that all the time. Um, people are really not savvy about home ownership. They say, hey, I just uh remodeled this bathroom two years ago. It cost me 35 grand of remodeling. I remodeled this kitchen at 50 grand. I put this into this, I put that into that. You know what? That means nothing. Thank you for remodeling. Now, most homeowners, when they come into their house and they buy a house, they want to remodel it the way they want to remodel it. So the way you remodel it don't mean ish. All right. It's nice. It doesn't look outdated, but this is not how I want it. And I painted all the walls. Okay. I'm going to come in and buy the house and paint all the walls the way I want them. You painting the walls means zero. So you put in an emotional investment in rehabbing your property, which is going to keep your value up, but you're not going to get every penny back. You're not going to get every penny back. I'm, I might knock down the wall as soon as I buy the house. So nice. I don't want the bathroom there. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move the bathroom over here when I buy this. So I'm remodeling no matter what. And then if it's a down market, you're getting zero of that money back. So this is what people don't know. Somebody says it only means something if it's a rental. It only means something if it's a rental. If you're selling it, you're not getting penny for penny back. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, and if you have a rental and you paint the walls, you got to paint them back white as soon as you move out of the house or they're going to charge you for it. You get no deposit back. See, people got to really know what's up, all right? Uh, let's see, Chris. Universe says the opportunity of becoming a content creator is so huge that you can literally still win in an overly saturated niche by presenting your own unique style of teaching. Think outside the box with your skill set. 
100%. YouTube is wide open right now. It's still open. All right. But I would, if I was becoming a YouTuber today, I would not, I would get my, vo I would find my voice. I would, you know, people would say I would copy, copy what people were doing, copy what motivates you to become a content creator. But then you got to start differentiating yourself. So um, you got to start doing things like, say, for instance, your content creator still has one channel and he's still hidden behind the screen. Not, that, that may be a hobby for them, but if you want it to be a revenue, you can make it a revenue, right? Um, and you have to put your own spin on things. So as you can see, watch, uh, you know, we'll get into what I do. This is my thing, and I'm constantly upgrading these things. A lot of these things you see, I do. All right, but I hired a guy. I wonder if you guys can see this. I hired a guy to make this character here on Fiverr. He made five characters for me, so sometimes on thumbnail, you'll see him in a different position. Then I hired a guy to do this for Twitch because I was saying I want to be gaming, so I wanted to be a cartoon character representation of my logo. Then I just started using it as a logo. Then I did this. On Photoshop, I did this off of, uh, I took a background off of Shuttle's, Shutterstock. This is a photo. I did the little outline, bam. All right. And so then I started making these channels to differentiate myself in this market so that, say, the red pill goes left. Nobody wants to hear that. Well, okay, I'll just jump on and do sports, right? <laughs> anyway, or I'll just jump on and do ask response videos and react videos. All right. Or I'll just come in here and start doing financial videos. Or I'll just come on here and do fitness videos. All right. Or I'll do gaming. Videos. Like it's you got to start literally. But most of these th things have been done because I already know Photoshop, already know editing, already know FileMaker file Pro, Final Cut Pro, uh, Adobe Uh, all of those things. I've been doing that already for my other businesses and my other jobs. So this stuff is like easy. I could just go boop. And then if they say, okay, like remember this channel right here was approaching 200,000 subs and then they demonetized it. But luckily I had this channel, the channel you're watching was already at 50,000 subs. So I just went, okay, move the live streams over here. Other people would be scrambling. But this is just what happened. So let's talk about what a YouTuber can make monetizing uh, uh, multiple revenue streams. All right. So if you're a YouTube content creator, I know a lot of content creators watch. They watch me a lot of big names and whatnot. Um, I'm not going to tell you what I make. This is not what I do here. And I'm not flexing. Um, I'm not rich. <laughs> is there a way to re get this channel that reach that channel remonetized? Well, I, I, I applied for monetization and they won't talk to me. I can't. Every time I talk to somebody, oh, this isn't regarding this. I can't talk. They give me the runaround. So I applied for remonetization and I've heard nothing. All right. And I'm actually in the partner program in which I can. I'm. They're supposed to. They're supposed to be able to. I'm supposed to be able to contact them, but they can't. They'll every time I contact them. Well, I, well this isn't the partner program. I'm like, I'm literally in the partner program, not the partner program, in the, like, they, there's another back partner program that I'm in. I'm literally in the program, but I can't get in contact with it. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, damn, this is just ridiculous, man. They be giving me to run around like crazy. So I'm like, 
It's nuts. So, but I, I, I honestly think that channel was flagged down or was reported because th that was the reaction to the portion. I swear to God. I mean, there might have been something else, but I think people saw that and they start saying, oh, hell no. And they went over there and went, bam. It literally happened six weeks after I showed the portion. Six weeks, maybe less. I, I swear to God. I mean, I tell you, it's people are weird like that. People are weird like that. People in YouTube land are weird like that. Uh, let's do into where you can make money on YouTube or uh, is it YouTube or social media or how I can how I have revenue streams. All right. So let's just say for, for first and foremost, I'm going to show you this. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. What am I doing here? What is this over here? All right, kind of ish. Hold on, I gotta set this up. Right. Oh man, this ain't working the way I want to work. Oh, there we go. Okay. It's really not working the way I want it. Oh, I know what I need to do. I need to push this up. There we go. All right, so I'm gonna share my screen now. Uh, let's see here. So as YouTube, social media, all right, social, YouTube, social media. All right, so um, somebody said I'm paranoid. I ain't paranoid. Look, I'm watching people sue people right now, YouTubers suing other YouTubers. I mean, it's it's nuts. And I'm watching other YouTubers copyright other YouTubers' uh, logos right up under them. I mean, it's not paranoid. People, other YouTubers are coming in, and where you lack, they will copy in 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 um they will they will they will trademark your logo <laughs> and then come in and make you take all of your video down with the logo that's not paranoia it is happening right now and you can ask content creator at the content creator at the con are you experiencing this yes it is happening right now i've i've known two three four content creators that that have happened to all right so there's nothing or there's nothing about paranoia here. That is all happening right now. It's happened to Boyce Watkins. It's happened to Angry Man, Valdez. It's happened to a couple people. Um, and there's YouTube lawyers for that. There are people watching your stuff and they're going, I'm a copyright. So he can't use it and then pull his stuff down. They can flag it down. So you got to be copywriting your stuff. I copyright all my stuff. All right. Um, and I LLC, this is why you have multiple LLCs. Because then you can say, I'm using this. They tried to copyright it from up under me, but I already have a claim. I, they're not using it. I'm using it already. That's copywriting in itself. They would have to prove that they're using it in order to get the copyright over you. You know what I'm saying? So there's no, there's no, this is a business, guys. I want you to understand YouTube is a business. People that want to keep bringing it back to a hobby level. Oh, you're just a YouTuber or it's just a hobby and you shouldn't be making money. No, if you put yourself out as a brand, you better protect that because at some point, someone's going to penalize you financially for not protecting yourself and make you remove everything. So if your name is Superman, uh, Superman of the MGTOW, you better trademark that or else somebody's going to use it or trademark it before you and sue your ass. I mean, this is a brand. This is a business. And they'll make you take all of your stuff down. 
Sandman. If I if I rebranded myself or if I trademarked Sandman up under Sandman, um, I can go trademark it and make him take all his videos down. All the words, all the verbiage that I say, that's all. This is when people say you copy my stuff. So um, when people say you copy my stuff, we're getting into trademark. So if a Kevin Samuels starts using your verbiage and people are claiming you're, he's copying you, well, then you have a right to sue if you can prove you created it in trade market. But if you did not create it in trade market, you have no right. You have no right to say someone copied it. Some people will say, I copied someone else's music that was free content on YouTube already that multiple YouTubers are already using. And then this person, this clown over here will say, I copied him. And I can go to multiple videos in different genres and show that that music is not owned by you. It is owned by, it is owned, it is, um, what do you call it? Um, it is not, um, what do they call it? Uh, uh, I can't remember what they call it. It's actually free music that anybody can use. So this is the thing that we're getting in. This is what makes it a business. This is what makes it a business. All right. Oh, also, us. I may say a word and somebody makes it a channel. Yeah, copyright free, stock music, so royalty free. So what? What will say? Yeah, I will make. I will say something, a phrase, and people will make it a channel name. What is that? What? What? Where do you consider that in the business landscape? They've now took something I created out of, like, say, for instance, um, people of monkey double backflip. Monkey double backflip or monkey simpanzee. I remember somebody said they came up with monkey simpanzee off the fly. And then, then somebody else said, no, coach has a channel called monkey simpanzee. Where are we going now? This is now getting into business, intellectual property, copywriting, licensing. So now if he puts monkey simpanzee on the shirt, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, whoa, hold up. Well, but if I didn't trademark it. Now we got a legal fight. So you guys got to understand this is a business. It should be treated like a business. But if you want to treat it like a hobby, go ahead. All right. Have at it. All right. So anyway, this is just lessons from you guys. Um, YouTube, social media. This is what you can do as a YouTuber. Now, I only have YouTube angles here, but I also have other ways of, of revenue streams in which um, I make money off of YouTube, like, you know, fitness training, fitness training programs, fitness training, personal training. All right. Anything related to fitness, anything related to investments, anything related to resident uh, residential real estate purchases. All right. Anytime I re uh, refer a, a client to another real estate agent and they do a deal, I get percentage of that deal. So these are all things that I do on the side now. They were my primary revenue streams, but I do it on the side. At some particular point, they may become my primary revenue stream. Who knows? They're just revenue streams right now. And every bit of revenue stream is important. So if it's $500, that's a revenue stream. $500 per month, that's a revenue stream. Uh, the next one is, um, so AdSense, that's what Google pays you. Google pays you AdSense, right? So every month you get a check from Google, all right? And this is where you can make a lot of money 
if you put out a lot of content. The problem with this particular revenue stream is you, YouTube or Google can remove it at any point. So one day you're killing it, tomorrow you got zero. And when they remove your AdSense at any point, they remove what you earned up until the reporting date, okay? So up until the reporting date, like say for instance, when my main channel got demonetized, I had a certain amount of money in that channel. Well, they they said no more no more AdSense and they took the money that I had at in there already. So they didn't give me a leftover check up to that date. They just took whatever they took whatever came from that. And they took the residuals away from old content. So now the old content doesn't get pushed out as much. And then it doesn't earn any money when people watch it. A person like a person like uh, Jake Paul, per, for instance, if he's still becoming famous and building an audience and people are going to watch his old videos, he still makes money. Whereas if I have my other, my channel, Coach Greg Adams, People watch the old video, I make zero. So that's the importance of demonetization. This is why some people get demonetized and they keep their videos up and they say, forget it. I'll just keep them up because it doesn't slow their channel down. I deleted all my videos, which it slows up your channels and subscribers. And I just said, forget it. I don't care. All right. So it slows your channel down. It actually takes your channel backwards because now your old videos don't get pushed out there and you make no money from it. Uh, let's see. So AdSense is great until it's not. So one day you wake, one day you're killing it. The next day you wake up, we removed you from the AdSense. Oh, now you got no money. And a lot of YouTube content creators will just depend on this. And this will be bringing in a lot of money, lots. And so then they don't do the rest of the thing. And that's where you get an L, all right, as a content creator. So let's go on to the next thing. Uh, the next thing is advertising sponsorship, right? So um, that can include super chats. That can include donations, cash app, PayPal, et cetera. This can include um, corporate advertising, all right? People wanting to you to stop your video in the middle and advertise their product. This is how you can make additional money. I get a lot of people hit me up for this, but I don't like to stop my content for now to do their thing. Manscaped, all right? You'll see a content creator will say, and before we go to the next point, let me give you a minute of talking about X prop, X little piece of thing that they want to talk about. And they'll say, oh, this place, you can make a website and they create beautiful websites and this and that, blah, blah, blah. Advertising, sponsorship. People sponsor you to keep pushing the message out. All right. They can sponsor you privately or publicly. A lot of people will get good sponsorships and they'll stop there. All right. And they'll say, I got assets and sponsorships. I'll stop. So you guys got to watch it with that too because they can remove your sponsorship. Or if you're saying, I think these people will pay so much to my Patreon, so so much to my Cash App, and they don't do it. Now what? All right, so the next thing is courses. So this is where you get into the situation where some people say, oh, you're grifting. But what you're doing is protecting against AdSense and, and adver advertising. So say, for instance, I don't take advertising for specific purposes, because I know they may not agree with my message and they may then tell me to alter my message for their advertising dollars. So I say, I won't get into that. I'll let the brother support me. Um, but I do have to find a way to mitigate between AdSense being removed and sponsorships being removed and support. So then I got to sell a course. All right. You can sell a course year round or you can make it a 
course, that is just temporarily available and so forth and so on. But you need to have this to protect yourself against this. All right. Um, and you can sell it. Most people sell their courses between 300 and 500 bucks, uh, maybe a thousand bucks, which would be good. It's good because only a small portion of your audience is going to buy a course. Some people buy course out of sponsorship. They're not going to watch the course. They just want to give you another means to sponsor you. Right. And they're like, good. We see you out there hustling. We see you out there. We want to protect you. So they'll do that. But if you're doing courses for less than 100 bucks, it's, it's pointless because your audience still isn't going to go off of YouTube. One thing that people don't understand is, is, is audience likes YouTube. So they tend to stay on YouTube for stuff. As soon as you say, follow me over here, it gets muddy. All right, we can go into that too. Um, books, media, ebooks. Okay, this is another way to extend your revenue stream. Books, media, and so some content creators have zero books, so they get zero residuals. So then they have to depend on this. Some people need to find out. Some people have books as a way to have an extension of their message. Number one, legitimize them as a expert in what they're talking about. Number two, because that's what books do, and it's a ticket and to entree for interviews. For other people, okay, or public speaking engagements. Hey, I have this book, so now you're an authority. And it's a revenue. It's a revenue source. So at some point, you can do this as a content creator. I have sponsorship, courses, books. That's my primary revenue. AdSense is an addition. AdSense is an addition to my public speaking, my books, my media, my ebooks, my courses. So that if you lose the assets, you're like, okay, whatever. If you lose the sponsorship, you're like, all right, whatever. So these are the things that you can do for that. This is what YouTubers do and how they extend their revenue streams. Appearances, workshops, and conferences. Again, in our space, this is a negative. You shouldn't be having conferences. And then we get political. Then people start choosing lanes and saying, well, these are these groups of people. I don't like them people. We're against them. Uh, Donovan Sharp did a conference and he got attacked. All right. 21 Studios was doing conferences. They were getting attacked until they became a fan favorite for attacking this one. These groups of speakers were over here. This group was over here. So it gets political. Uh, workshops. Uh, some YouTubers do workshops, small workshops in their area. I'm going to start doing that. Most of them won't be literally for uh, income purposes. It's just to kind of give back to the people that are local and can get there. All right. It can't be free because I got to rent the room and provide the ambiance speakers and that. So, you know, people can't give away things for free. Oh, I got a coaching call coming up here. They'll have to be late. So um, appearances, if you're a speaker, you can charge an appearance fee or they can pay for your room, uh, food and flight. That's revenue. All right. Shout out. Uh, somebody says, uh, uh, social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do you guys know you can earn revenue from those? You earn revenue from those. All right. Um, depending on what type of content creator, you might not be able to earn revenue. They can remove advertising for you. For instance, Facebook, I qualify to earn revenue from Facebook, but they demonetize me already. They demonetized me way earlier, right before I qualified. All right. They had already put, because why? Uh, women were reporting my page or they downvoted the page so much that by the time I qualified, by the time I clicked the link to monetize, they were like, you do not qualify. 
right? So Facebook does provide extra revenue. So people are like, oh, just monetize yourself on Facebook. Well, I can't. They've already demonetized that. I'm going to have to stop that page, start another page. Hold on. Somebody's at my door. I'm, I, I got my sign up. Do I have my sign up? I don't have my sign up. Uh, give me a second. I got to pause this because somebody's at my door for some reason. Let me put this up and then yell at them for ringing my damn doorbell. I'll run a commercial. I'll run a commercial. It was the damn uh, Amazon. I got a thing on my door that says, do not ring the doorbell. <laughs> of course, they ring the fucking doorbell. So anyway, that pisses me off. Uh, what's happening next here? Uh, appearances, workshops, and fees. So you guys see me public speaking. Those sometimes are paid or there's something paid on those uh, fees, right? They may pay for me to be there. They may not pay me to be there, but they may pay for me to be there. Um, those things are revenue streams, right? And then I get to enjoy the experience of being there. Uh, social media, TikTok, like I said, Facebook already demonetized me way early, um, but I do qualify for monetization. Uh, Instagram is now running ads on their thing, so you can monetize on Instagram, or then you can sell on Instagram. TikTok, you can be monetized on TikTok. I was, I was about to, I qualify for monetization on my first TikTok account. And uh, then they closed the account or they basically deleted all the videos and then I had to restart. So, again, it's hard to depend on these incomes, but their revenue streams, alternative media, Rumble is coming up. You're, you can monetize on Rumble. But if you say to a YouTuber who has AdSense and a significant audience to leave YouTube and go to Rumble, they're never going to do that. Never. I got a I got a porch cam. Yeah. But I still had to get up so I so they didn't ring the doorbell again. Um, um, what do you call it? So no YouTuber who makes good AdSense is gonna leave YouTube and go to Rumble or Locals exclusively. It ain't gonna happen. All right. They would have to get zero from YouTube and then to go over there exclusively. So you know, there's a lot of YouTubers that are demonetized on YouTube and they still pump on YouTube. They still pump heavy on YouTube because YouTube has the audience. I post on Rumble and people say you should get a Rumble. I mean, there's links in the description box. If you did a Rumble search, you would pull me up. I post over there. Ten people look at the videos. Ten, <laughs> you know, not that many, maybe 50. MGTOW TV, maybe 20. Um, locals, maybe 40. Over here on a bad video, 18,000. On a good video, 40,000. On a great video, 150, 190,000. There's no contest as to where you should be putting your attention. Okay. Uh, but alt media is now starting to compete with YouTube, and it's a good way to get your message out, but I wouldn't depend on it. And even if you're partially monetized on YouTube, it's still way better than Rumble and Local. Like it's no way. No way. And if I said to a YouTuber, leave YouTube, I'm sorry, YouTube audience, leave YouTube and find me on Rumble, probably 50 people will do it. All right. It's what it is. Uh, blogs, 
blogs, you can do that as a way to extend your message because in the search engines, people, uh, they, they, they monetize, they monetize, they highlight people uh, based on words. So a lot of times you can type words in and your blog will come up, your blog will come up as opposed to your channel, but your channel is going to come up. Coaching, coaching is a way you can extend it. So that's another revenue stream you could do. I coach people on YouTube. I coach people on issues. I coach people on divorce. I coach people on a whole bunch of things. Did I skip apparel? I skipped apparel. Apparel. You can put clothing, phrases, all right, logos, no matter what. All right, so um, that's basically what happens there. So a lot of people got to understand when you suggest a YouTuber to go to an alt platform, I mean, you're you're literally telling them to go from a major audience to a, a audience of 100, okay, <laughs> with zero monetization. Yeah, you can get free speech over there, but you're telling them to leave money on the table. You're telling them to leave the massive audience. And then I said, they're going to send you you anyway. Yes, they, they could, but you can start another channel. You're still going to get way ahead of alt media. Unfortunately, until YouTube is, has a great competitor and they don't, they don't have a great competitor. So as a business approach, you might look at this as, oh, this is grifting, but you got to understand from the content creator's perspective, it's protecting them. They're protecting themselves. And um, then you can go into if they do make more money, how are they using that money? All right. Are they using it investments? Are they using it for? But if they're not and they're buying suits, I'm not saying anybody in particularly watches bling stuff and they're throwing the money away. And they're buying big fancy houses right off the rip and they're not protecting themselves to when that this money train stops. What happens then? Now they're screwed. Now you see them selling their stuff. I got to sell all my stuff. <laughs> and then they're selling their guns. They're selling their cars. They're selling everything because they leverage. They over leverage. And then they said they're the crypto king. They got all this crypto, but then crypto crash. All right. And then they're selling everything. So in that, in that sense, in that stake, that's basically a result of what happens when they don't invest what they earn. All right. At that particular point. So anyway, got a coaching call coming up here. What, what was I going to add on to that? What was I going to add on to that? I was going to, oh, I got to do super chats. We're going to do them all. Moose Hefner says, just caught up to last night's live stream. Can you do a future show on workplace relationships? Those would be great points. Those were great points you were making. Workplace relationships for show. A star, Prince Philip paid Aristotle to teach Alexander the Great History, math, science, because his skill sets were war. Aristotle's first documented man paid for skill. Love that. Yeah, you got to use your skill. Whatever your skill is, you can get paid to teach that skill. Mike Hawk says Toastmasters will have you noticing filler words even when you don't want to notice them. Toastmasters is a, um, if you're a YouTuber, you need to be in Toastmasters. I'll be listening to some of y'all YouTubers. I know I'm not great. But very rarely do I have empty pauses, empty spaces. Um, uh, uh, let me see. <clears throat> I mean, I'm like, what the fuck? God dang. Who wants to listen to this? Toastmasters will, they critique your short speeches and tell you when you're using, um, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Jesus Christ. Er, um, eat. Go to Toastmasters. They will humble your ass. <laughs> like, good Lord. 
If you're a public speaker, go to Toastmasters immediately. That's your homework. If you're on YouTube and you want a bigger audience and them to respect what you're saying, go to Toastmasters, all right? For real. No, I'm saying. No, I mean, now, if that's your audience, if that's what they want to hear, then do it. But I guarantee you, you will clear up your speech immediately. They make you aware of everything. Your positioning, they make you aware. All right, shout out to Derek Gerard. Shout out to you. All right, Javier says, thank you for all your work, CGA. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, like that little pause that I did to check my door to me, that was, that's a nightmare to me. I, I don't want, I don't want that ever in my show. All right. That's why I put up things for people to not interrupt me, but every now and then it will happen. So, um, you know, that, that right there is unprofessional. You know, you stop your show in the middle of the show to go do something like what, man, it's crazy. And so I was competitive Toastmaster speaker. I actually worked up to winning in my Toastmasters group. Then I was a district representative, and then I moved all the way up to regionals competing in impromptu speaking. So that's how I went up in Toastmasters. I literally was a competitor, all right? And so I competed, and I would win in my group. Then I would go to the district and win. Then I would go to the regionals and win, and I was trying to go national with Toastmasters, all right? And that was a hobby. That literally is something I would do once a week, all right? I did that on Monday nights. I remember I missed the national championship basketball game to go to a Toastmasters meeting. I went, I missed a Monday night raw for a good year and a half to go to Toastmasters meetings because that was the only day that fit in my day. And I was like my slow Monday for women. And so I remember this woman wanted me to meet with her and I was like, no, nah, I have Toastmasters. She was like, what? All right, Drake 69, I'm 45 years old. I've been focusing on my crypto portfolio and staking my Crypto, so I can eventually make seven hundred and fifty to a thousand dollars per day in passive income. Right now, I drive a truck making ninety to one hundred k annually, and so those things—that's where crypto makes sense, where you can make money on the side. But if you're using that as a primary source, you can, might get screwed. Triggerverse on my way to start a clothing cologne business with limited runs through NFT. What people don't realize is you can burn coin to gain a product. He says, well, people don't realize you can burn coin to gain a product. He says, risk now for the future. Yes, you got to spend money, unfortunately. Got to spend money. James McNeil, I'm a mailman now, and I'm betting on myself to start a shuttle service. I'm scared, coach. Dude, nothing beats a failure but a, but a try, man. You got to try. You got to try, all right, or you'll regret, all right? I don't, I'll live with a fail before I live with a regret, regret. All right, Cali West, Miami, one day I'm an electrician. He says, another day I might be a barber. Then the next day I'm an auto body painter and still go to my nine to five CGA speaking facts. That's what you have to do. You got to be renaissance out here. Did I skip super chats? I did not. Thank you for the support, gentlemen. Um, and uh, a lot of people will say, you know, um, like they were talking about Donovan Sharp is a really good speaker most of the time. Yeah, Donovan Sharp's good because he's clear. He enunciates. He has a proper language. And then people will say he talks white. Well, look, as a speaker, you got to conform to multiple audiences. This is why sometimes I'm articulate. And then some days I'll, I'll jump in and throw in some 90s hip hop. Because I know my audience is diverse. All right. But if your audience is, 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 is um, if you're one way and you just stay in that lane, then you wonder why you don't grow. Well, that's why. All right. You st you're just staying with these type of type of people over here. I'm, it it, it could be all white. It could be all black. It could be all 
but I wouldn't hedge my bets on a small population. So I got to kind of fix it where people can understand me no matter what I'm saying. I, I try to mix it up. So you got to mix it up. All right. Your audience is my audience is pretty diverse. Yeah. You talk articulate. It's white. And I don't get that. Listen, this is YouTube, man. This ain't the streets. Now, if Donovan Sharp, I've talked to Donovan Sharp outside of his videos. And he's articulate, but he doesn't, you know, he's he's speaking for his audience. He doesn't speak like that all the time. He's not all of a sudden switching it up, talking like little John. You know what I mean? But he relaxes when he's around you. So you have a speaking voice. Use it. All right. Mike D says, what's up, CGA? Chiming in for after morning meetings. Shout out to you. He's at work. He says a quick way to get started on extra income is to sell items that no longer serve you declutter. Yes, get that eBay. Get your eBay on or get the, there's some multiple websites where you can sell old items. I can't remember their names. James Webb, thank you for the continued monetary and social teachings coach. Much appreciated, sir. Thank you, man. Don Papo, thank you for the education, coach, the edutainment. And Jason Webb, he finally says something. Every now and then he just supports. He said something this time. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Don, the dictator. Damn, coach, you uh, for always being right. I just got into an accident, a.k.a. flat tire. He says, oh, my neck, my back. Your piece leave and your crack. He says, I want a 150000 Wait, I want a 150000 but I had no insurance. Oh, boy, there you go. Get your paper right, right, or get your paperwork right. Antonio X, that's disgusting. Men shoot themselves in the foot. All the time, man. And this space is is starting to be where you know men shoot each other down. Uh, viewers shoot the the the, the messenger. Uh, viewers compete with the messenger. Uh, if they can't gain an audience, they'll take your audience. I think people are very much happy to 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 turn to tear you down as opposed to building themselves up. It's weird, but people are like that. Walt Walt Joe says, Coach. You are a rent where you live owns elsewhere so that you can move at will. But conventionally, they teach buy a home, build equity is the American dream. Yes, I'm a little bit unconventional. I don't do uh, I don't do the buy and be stationary. I'll rent where I live and, and own elsewhere. I find happiness in that. So I want to be able to dip when I want to dip. Whoever's waiting for the coaching call, I will be on in about three minutes. MGTOW Flight, Coach, I just sent you an email on your website. All right, Shadow, I will check that one. That's another thing I need to hire for is because that is very time-consuming to sit here after I've been sitting for two and a half hours. I normally have to go do other things, so I don't really get to sit down and check email. But I'll check it out at some point. Stink Master Flex HR made us do training modules on sexual harassment in the workplace yesterday. I work from home. Make it make sense. Bill Reed, standing ovation to you, Coach, for dropping the jewels about Toastmasters. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you for that one. Toastmasters is for real, the real deal. It's boring. The people are boring, but it will make you a better speaker. All right. Uh, a man supporting men, MPI, Coach, I applied for my first business credit card. I was approved for 500 It's a start. Build that business credit for the present and future. For some reason, I'm excited about it. Hey, that's a big step. You're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game because not a lot of people are even there 
So as we teach you on the money mindset, use the use the bank's money to, to fund your businesses. All right. Don't use your own personal money. You want to use your personal money first, then start getting to the point where you're using other people's money to do your investments. All right. Last one, trade trading the wave. Morning coach, have you seen Stacy Dash's TikTok? She totally looked decrepit at this point. I haven't seen her, man. Mm. She's finally hitting the wall, but she's uh, still beautiful. She's probably 60 years old and attractive for 60. But with that being said, we're done for the day, man. Shout out to the coach gang. Appreciate all the support. We're going to be back to get into these 304s later. Shout out to the coach gang. All right, you enjoy your day. We out. Peace. <laughs>